We're so glad that you are joining us today. We are continuing a series that we started last week called The Body. And we are talking about the body of Christ, how the church, uh, God gave us this really cool analogy as to how uh, all of us believers uh, f- need to function together. And so we are talking about that as far as us as just believers, how we function within the body. And then specifically as a church, as Homestead Community Church, that we all have a part to play. We all are part of the body and every one of us work together to make the functions of the body happen. And so Jeff talked last week about that. We had all the kids in here last week. Do you remember if you were if you were here? Um, we had lots of Mr. Potato Head analogies about different how the body works. And I thought it was so cute. Um, We had the elementary students down here as well. And um, while Jeff was preaching, he told them that if they were listening very carefully at the end of service, he was going to give a Mr. Potato Head away to one of the best listeners, whoever was listening. Well, then he forgot to do it. And so at the end of service, Liam Sirik comes up to me and says, "Um, I was listening really good. I said, oh, you were. Oh, what was the message about? And he goes, God. And I said, well, you win because well done, well played, young man. So Liam went home with the Mr. Potato Head. So that was last week. Um, But we talked about how every one of us is a part of the body. And nobody gets to say, well, my part is unimportant. Even the smallest little part of the body that you might think, oh, it's it's, it's your tiny baby toe. You might think "That that is inconsequential. And yet if your tiny little baby toe starts hurting, you know the rest of your body is affected by it. You might not walk as good. You might be distressed distracted when you're trying to do other things. And so in the same way, every one of us are a part of the body of Christ, and every one of us has a function, and every one of us has to participate fully in order for the body to work as a whole. And so we are going to take the next few weeks and give you a little bit of a framework as to what some of those parts of the body might be. Because I know it's easy to throw out, you are a part of the body. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's great, but what does that mean? I don't know where I fit. Am I a finger? Am I a toe? Am I an ear? I'm not really sure how I fit into that. And so we wanted to give you a little bit of a framework. And so we're going to be taking the next few weeks, and we're going to look at a passage of Scripture found in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, if you have that, if you want to pull up your homestead app and pull up Ephesians chapter 4. And that is what we are going to be looking at because the Apostle Paul gives us a little bit of a framework as to what some of those parts of the body are. And so we're going to be talking about those specifically over the next five weeks. And I am really praying that you are going to be able to see yourself in some of those functions and parts of the body, that you're going to be able to spot, hey, I think that might be what my role is. I think that might be my place. And then you can begin participating in the body of Christ in that function. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 11 and read through verse 16. And the words will also be up on the screen as well. Ephesians 4 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. 
Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This passage tells us that there are different parts of the body. There are different things. And what I am going to call systems of the church. This passage gives us a few things. Now, your body is made up of little parts, lots of little parts, right? You have fingers and toes and eyes and ears. But you also have systems, right, within your body. You have your nervous system, which is helping your nerves. It's processing information. It's your brain. It's telling the muscles what to do. You have the circulatory system, which is pumping your blood. You have the digestive system, which is giving you nutrition. You have your muscular and skeletal system, which gives your body the ability to move and do other things. And the list goes on and on. And actually, when I began studying this week, there are more systems than there were when I was a kid. You teachers know this, right? There's more now. Like, there's one for your hair and nails and skin and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, you might want to Google that. Found out something I didn't know today. Apparently, there's more systems in my body than there were when I was in third grade learning that. Um, But there are systems that function within your body. And in the same way, I would like to look at that passage of Scripture as five systems that in a healthy church are functioning properly. And that might help give us a little more context. That might help us break down how the body works together. If we can think of these five systems working in a healthy body. And we're going to look at verse 11 and 12 to look at what those five systems are. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now, don't get scared because those seem like very churchy big words like prophets. Hold the phone. Where is the back door? How can I sneak out of here? We are going to break down what those words mean. But we are going to look at these five things as five systems that need to be functioning healthy in the body. Christ gave these five gifts to the church so that we can grow and we can function and we can move and we can be active and do things. And But before we dive into that first system, Apostles, today, I want you to look at the last part of that passage again because I think it gives us why this is important that we learn how to function properly as a body. And especially as a new body, like Homestead, where we're only a couple years old, if we can just get in here and realize why it's so important for us to be functioning, I think it will help us and realize how important it is that we play our part. If you look at back at Ephesians 4, if you look at verse 14 through 16, it says this, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love. We're going to grow in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and the whole body is growing And the whole body is full of love. This is why it's so important that all of these systems are functioning properly. So a couple of things to note here. First of all, who is the head of the church? Who is the head of the body? Right. God is the head. He is always in charge. I was recently reading a book about the the five functions of the church. And in this book, the author never says the word leader. 
And she says it's purposeful because I think a lot of times we start to think, well, the leaders are what makes everything happen. And she says it just is good to remind me that Christ is the head of the church. He's the boss of all of us. She says the first any of us get to be is first follower. And I love that. I love that we get to be the first followers of whatever God is doing. And if he is doing a new work, he is the head. He is the one controlling everything. We only do what he tells us to do. He is the head of the church. And it's important to always remember that, that we are only doing what Jesus tells us to do. And what happens if the systems and parts of the church are not working properly, if we look back to those verses, it gives us some little nuggets as to what happens when those things aren't functioning properly. It says that there's immaturity in the church. It means that we act immature sometimes when those systems are not functioning properly. It says that we can fall prey to lies and false teaching. We're swayed by the next new thing. We can get trendy and we can miss the truth of what God's word says. It also says that we won't grow. It also says that if the functions aren't properly working all together, that we will become stagnant and not grow, that we are going to just remain the same. When my kids were little and we would go to the doctor and they would do the well checkups and they would always have them do, you know, there's always a list, like can have your child jump from here to there. And then you would mark it. And if you got like four wrong, then you were done. And that's where the level they were at. And so if Jeff came with me, he's always got really competitive, like just try it again. Just try it one more time. I think you can get higher score, you know. Um, but it was to gauge, are they growing or are they stuck? They check their weight. They check whether or not they're taller. They check whether or not they're functioning more. These are things that we need to be looking at. If we are the body, what if we're not growing? That tells us that something is not functioning right and we need to address that. It says that we won't be healthy. We won't be healthy. And if you are, have ever been a part of a church that is not healthy, that is not a fun place to be in because we all rely on each other. And if one part of the body is not functioning healthy, it affects all of us. And I want to be a part of a healthy body. You know, very quickly, if your respiratory system is not functioning properly, all of a sudden nothing else is functioning properly. And it might be for a while another part is picking up the slack, but pretty soon the whole thing is going to come apart because the body has to work together. And as Homestead Community Church... We want a growing, healthy church. We want God using us to be the hands and feet of him in this community. We want to see people come to faith. We want to do good works in our community. We want to be a body that is active and healthy and strong, which means we need all of these systems functioning properly. And those systems don't function properly unless you are participating in them. They don't work. It can't work. When we, when we first started Homestead, someone said, church planting is really hard. And I thought, oh, it seems fine. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that hard. And then after about a year, they'd go, is church planting hard? And I'd say, yes. And they'd say, what is hard about church planting? And I would say, there are no systems. There, and I'm not an administrative person, and so immediately it was, oh, man, there's a whole lot of stuff that has to get done every week. You know, I mean, can I just play the piano? Is there, there's lots of grown-up things that have to get done every week. So starting a new church, there are not a lot of systems in place. And slowly as we have grown, it has been beautiful to watch God build his church. Do you know the first person Jesus gave us? We hadn't even told anybody other than our parents that we were going to pastor that start this church. Debbie Lanier. 
And many of you know Debbie. We just call her mom around here because she just does all of the grown-up stuff. She, she keeps our finances on track. She makes sure everything is done. And do you know, I don't know that we would have taken the leap to, of faith to start this church until we had Debbie Lanier standing beside us saying, the Lord told me that I'm going to come and help you. And her help, I mean, this body does not function without her. She is a gift to our body. And so when she came in and began functioning in her place, all of a sudden, everything started to work a little better. But don't, how many of you know, as you grow, the systems have to grow. And we have continued to grow as a church. And now we need more and more parts participating in all of the systems. And so that is why we are taking the time to look at all of these different parts of the body so that you can begin participating in the life and function of our church so that we can be healthy and we can be grow and we can grow. We're gonna have sign-up sheets at the table over the next five weeks that are gonna list a whole bunch of job descriptions, a whole bunch of places that we need more volunteers, more helpers. And I encourage you over the next few weeks, let the Holy Spirit speak to you as a, about a place that you could dive in and start serving. So back to the five systems we're going to be covering. Here's what they are. Apostle. Now, we're going to talk about that today. Those are the vision casters, and those are the mes- uh, messengers. Second is prophet. Prophet, you're the truth tellers. You're the direction keepers. You're the ones that help keep us on track. Evangelists, you are the networkers. You are the people gatherers. You are the ones that meet new people and invite them to church. You are the ones that are always sharing your faith. You are reaching out beyond these walls. And then there are those of you that have the gift of a teacher. The teachers are those who bring about growth and understanding. You love to mentor people. You love to help people understand truths. You want to teach. And lastly, the gift of pastor. The gift of pastor is for those who care for other people. It's not just the pastor, but there are functions of pastoring within a church. That means that we take care of each other. Those of you that love to bring meals to somebody, you have a pastor's heart. You want to care for people. You want to tend to them. You want to meet needs. Those are those five systems that all need to be functioning within the church. One other misconception is that those are jobs just for the professionals. Let me tell you right now that Jeff Kerr and I cannot be apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and pastor to every person in this church. We need each one of you functioning in all of those roles. And as we're talking about all these different things, I want you to think in three different levels. The first is we are all called in some level to one of these systems. We are all called to be an evangelist. We don't get to say it's not really my gift. No, all of us are called to share our faith with other people. That's just baseline. So all of us in some level need to be functioning in that system. But secondly, some of you have specific gifts and talents for some of these things. Some of you actually get excited and passionate about teaching somebody. You love to sit down and explain something in a new way to somebody. So we're going to explore some of you have a gift and a talent in a specific area. And thirdly, I believe there are some of you who really are vocationally called to some of these things. I believe that God is going to speak to the hearts of some of you about going and being a missionary and going to a new land and starting a new thing. And some of you, God might drop into your heart a new ministry or, or to, to change a career. And God is actually going to raise up from within our church people who are going to give vocationally their lives to some of these functions. And so we are going to pray that God will speak to you in the next few weeks as we cover these topics. So today, we are starting with the first one, and that is the gift of the apostle. We're going to talk about what an apostle is. If I'm really honest, I've been in church my whole life. I was kind of like, I don't 
super know what an apostle is? It seems like a word you hear a lot. Um, we hear sometimes of the disciples of Jesus can be called apostles, but what is the role of an apostle? And what does that look like functioning within the church? Um, Paul, in the Bible, calls himself an apostle, and he probably is our benchmark when we look at someone who was functioning in the role of an apostle within the body of Christ. But there were many others listed in Scripture. There were a lot of them, including in Romans 16, it lists a couple other ones, including a female that they say was an apostle. Greet her. Her name was Junia. So there are lots of different people in the Bible who were apostles. Um, it's by definition means one who is sent out, and it can have a lot of different meanings, but today I want to focus on one major facet of the work of an apostle, and it is this. Apostles initiate new works to bring people to Christ. There is your tweetable definition of what an apostle is. Apostles initiate new works to bring people to Jesus. They are the funnel through which the Holy Spirit launches new ideas, new ministries, new territory taken for the kingdom. They are listening to God to speak to them about the what's next. And then they mobilize others to begin that new work. And we can look at the life of Paul, who was our primo apostle, who did the work of an apostle more than anybody else. And when we look at what he did, Paul was a missionary. He was the first missionary. And he would pray and God would put on his heart to a new city that he would go to. And so Paul would go to a new city and he would start a church there. And then he would find leaders in that city and he would raise them up and he would teach them and he would train them up. And then he would find people who could finance the work of the church in that area. And he would begin to bring people in and he would stay there and he would get that church strong and healthy. And then he would hear the Holy Spirit call him to a new place. And then he'd go to a new place and he would find leaders there and he'd start a new church and he would begin new work there and he would disciple the believers there. So the work of an apostle was to see the next new thing and to go and to mobilize new initiatives. He started things where no one else had started them. He didn't want to build on the foundation of what someone else had already done. He wanted to start something brand new. And people with the apostolic gift, they see over the horizon. They're able to look at the spiritual landscape and see where God is working. They can see the whole of it. seems like that, that group of people doesn't really have anybody ministering to them. I wonder what we could do. I wonder how we could meet that need. I see, you see the holes in things, and you're dreamers. You see something new. One pastor, as I read uh, some stuff this week, coined the term, they're spiritual entrepreneurs. <laughs> Isn't that great? They're the ones that are thinking up new ways to spread the gospel, new ways to reach people. What if we did this? What if we did that? They're able to discern where the Holy Spirit is leading next. They're not afraid to start something new. They're idea generators, and they see gifts in other people. They're able to look at them and go, you would be really good at this. Hey, have you ever thought about doing that? <gasps> I think you should maybe volunteer. Have you tried? And they kind of like to pull people into a new thing. They are the change agents. They are the entrepreneurs. They are the creative imaginaries. They're the what if people. 
They're the movers and shakers. They're the ones who love to resource new things and find creative ways to resource new works. They are brave kingdom warriors who are like, we are taking new ground. We're going, I know nobody's been in there yet, but we're going to do it anyway. They are denominational connectors. They love to connect. They don't just get stuck in one little idea, but they love to connect all kinds of people groups. They're mobilizers. They are astute to cross-cultural differences in people. They are able to go in and start to figure out how can I make my message reach this particular group of people. They're very creative in that. Sometimes they can be called never satisfied. I might have been called that my own, right? Some of you are married to one of these people, and I'm looking at my mother right now, actually, because I think I come by it, um, yeah, through my dad. He is definitely that. I know some of you are because you're like, yeah, your dad got me to volunteer for something that I did not want to volunteer. That is the role of an apostle. Sometimes they cannot be happy with the status quo, so it seems like they constantly want change. They constantly want are thinking of what could we do? What could be new? What's the next thing? They can be frustrating sometimes because they always have a new idea. And some of you are getting elbowed right now by your spouse because they always have a new idea. I was recently reading um, Chip and Joanna Gaines' biography about the Magnolia, whatever it's called, Magnolia story. And Chip Gaines, he kept talking about, and then I had another idea, and then I had another idea, and then I started this company, and then I thought I'd do this. And his wife would say, yeah, and then I just kind of was like, okay, that's fine. And I was like, thank you, Chip Gaines, for being like always wanting to do something new, because sometimes we can think that maybe I'm just crazy. So I love, think in your mind right now of that person that always has the new idea, that always wants to start the new thing. They might have an apostolic gift. It sounds so much better when you say it that way, doesn't it? So what does it mean today for to have a happy, a healthy apostolic system within the body of Christ? What does that mean? So the first one is this, that baseline for all of us, we are all spiritual entrepreneurs. We all need to be asking God how we can creatively take the message of Christ into new territory. God has a new thing for you in your life. And sometimes we can get stuck in our routines and we can get stuck in what we're doing every day. And God wants to whisper a new thing for you to do in your life. It might be a new thing that you're going to get involved in. For some of you, just beginning to come to church, that's a new thing. And you have stepped into that new thing and you've started coming to church. For some of you, God has a new idea, a new dream, a new gift that he wants to plant in your heart. For some of you, you felt the nudge to start writing. For some of you, you felt the nudge to reach out to somebody. Whatever that new thing is, every single one of us needs to have our hearts open to God. What's the next thing? God does not just, he's not a stagnant God, but he is a growing, moving God. And so that means he has the next thing for every single one of you. Isaiah 43, 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God wants to do a new thing in your life, but you have to be open to it. Some of you and some of me, sometimes we get so entrenched in our life and our routine and how we spend our days and what we've always done and what we've been a part of. And for some of you, some of the things you've been a part of have been so stale and so dry for so long, and yet you have not been willing to step into something new. And God is saying, you know what, you're going to find joy when you come into that new thing. If you step into the new thing I have for you, that thing that you were loving 10 years ago, that's not for you anymore. And if you will have the courage to step into that new thing, oh, you are going to be energized. You are going to be refreshed. For some of you, it might be a new job. It might be a new career. And you're every day you're going to work going, I hate this job. And yet 
the idea of starting something different is so scary. But can you just hold on to Christ and say, I know you have a new thing for me. And I'm willing to trust you into new territory. And it might be scary, but I don't want to get stuck here. I want to move on to the new thing. So what is that for you today? Is it a new relationship? Is it a new hobby? Is it a new area of ministry? What is that new thing that God has for you? Because all of us are called on, called to the next new thing. But there's that second level that I want to talk about a little bit today. And that is for those of you that have this as a specific gift in your life. If Homestead Church is going to function properly as the body of Christ, we need people who are looking to the future, who are saying, what if we did this? How about this idea? Have you thought about this? This seems to be a need in our community. How could we reach that? We need people coming up with ideas. I love when I get texts from some of you, and I'm not going to make eye contact, because I love some of you are always sending me, have you thought about this? Oh, I heard about this at this church. Wouldn't it be fun if we could do something like that? This makes me so happy, because we need people that are thinking, what more can we do? What new thing do we need? Or you see a hole and you go, I, I, I've noticed that maybe we're not reaching out to this group of people or maybe we're not uh, doing this well yet. Have, could we do this? We need people who are thinking of new things. We need spiritual entrepreneurs functioning within the church. Now, all of us need to be doing that, but for some of you, you're always thinking of those new things. You're always dreaming of that. When I was probably 15 years old, I think I was at a youth camp, and someone said, you should have a life verse for your whole life. And I remember thinking, okay, they said I was supposed to have a life verse. And I remember looking through all these different verses, and I landed on this verse, and it lit off the page to me when I was probably 15 years old. And now looking back at my age not 15 anymore, I can look back and say, wow, that really has been my life verse. And it is this, Isaiah 42, 9. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. My entire adult life has been about creative things, coming up with new ideas. And when, I, when that verse dropped into my heart when I was 15 years old, I don't know that I really understood the scope of what that would mean for me. But it gave me this framework of God saying to me, I'm going to just, I'm going to give you ideas for what's next. And I've always looked at my life as that, of like, what, what's next? What's a different way we could explain that? What's a new thing that we could do? And that's a special gift to me. I know that not everybody has that, but some of you do have that. You are thinking of the new thing. You want to do different ideas. And as Homestead begins to grow, we need a system of new things, healthy and active. There are a lot of churches that don't have a system of new things. And what happens after a while? It dies. Because it's not healthy, and it's not growing, and everybody gets bored, and everybody gets stagnant, and then it becomes irrelevant. If there is not a healthy system of new things and seeing what new territory can we take and how can we reach outside of these walls, pretty soon the whole thing stops functioning properly because every healthy body has a system of new things working. So we need people who are looking ahead, hearing from God, and saying, I have an idea. We need people who are seeing the needs of the community and coming up with strategic ways in which we can meet those needs. We need people who have a heart for missions and have the heart to raise money, resource missionaries, look out, help us put together teams to send outside of these walls. We need people willing to step up and start new ministries as needs present themselves. So many of you know Grant Hoffmeister, one of our young men here at church. Is Grant 14? Is he 14? He's 14. So for about a year and a half, 
Every time I see Grant Hoffmeister, he says, Miss Christy, I would really like to start a junior Bible quiz team at our church. Now, some of you don't know what that is, but it is a, um, it is kids. It's a competition where they memorize facts and scriptures from the Bible, and then they can go and compete against other kids. Well, Grant, he, and what he says to me is, Miss Christy, I was a part of a junior Bible quiz team, and it helped me learn the Bible, and I think we need one. And I say, okay, Grant, that's awesome. I'll, we'll get there. We'll get there someday, you know, and at that point, we, you know, we're barely functioning as, you know, with all of our systems, we're not functioning yet. And so I would say, Grant, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. And every week he'd go, have you thought about it some more, Miss Christy? I really think this would help kids learn the Bible. Miss Christy, do you, th- have you thought about it? And then, then he'll, now he just comes up to me and goes, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and I go, I know, I know. And so probably a couple months ago, I thought, I'm going to try something different. I said, Grant, I think it's a great idea, but you have to find some people who are willing to do it because I can't do it. I, th- I would love to have a junior Bible quiz team, but I don't have the time to, to meet with the kids and to organize it and get in functioning. He goes, I'm on it. And he started walking around the lobby. Some of you probably got asked. <laughs> I know you did because he came back to me. I got one. I got one. That guy right there, he said he'd help. And I go, okay, you need at least two. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, I'm on it. And what I love about that is new people with new ideas, you know what's not going to work? is for you to just say, hey, I have a new idea. Go ahead and make that work, right? That's not going to work. I mean, I just, I just can't do it all, and Pastor Jeff can't do it all. And not only that, we're not supposed to, because you are supposed to do it. If God gave you the idea, then he wants you to jump in and figure out how to make that thing work. If we look at Paul, he didn't go to Ephesus to start a new church and just come and say, I think you all need a new church. And then he just kind of told them all of the ways that they needed to make that happen. He dug in there. He started the church. He found the money. He found the leaders. He trained the leaders. He got to know the people. And once it was up and running, then he moved on to the new thing. And that has to be our same mentality. If you have an apostolic gift, you have to walk that thing out. You can't just come up with the idea and then walk away. You have to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to get in there. We know that Paul spent lots of time in Ephesus because when you read the writing that he writes back, the book of Ephesians is a letter that he wrote back to that church after he left. And he names everyone by name. And he talks about how well he knows them and how give my love to them. I remember your tears when I left. He was in that thing for as long as it took for it to be stable. And we need people who aren't just willing to come up with ideas, but are willing to get in there and make that thing happen until it's healthy. We need people with new ideas, and we need people who are ready to dive in and own that idea. There are three things, those of us with apostolic gifts, we have to watch for. The first is that we start things but not finish them. That, I mean, I like to come up with ideas. And sometimes you get about half, four, four steps into the new idea, and then I have another new idea. Anybody else do that? And then I think, ooh, that one sounds like more fun. This one's hard now. <laughs> so we have to stick with it. So if that's you, I want to encourage you, don't just start new things, but finish new things. The other thing that we have to watch for is new for new's sake is not apostolic. Just because new things look shiny and bright and fun doesn't necessarily mean that's what God wants us to do. You notice that every time Paul went somewhere, it says, I was led by the Holy Spirit to go start something new. And so if you have an apostolic gift, you have to make sure that you are in step with God and saying, Lord, is this where you're leading? This group of people is on my heart. This idea is in my head. I have a few right now that I, am, I haven't uttered out loud yet because I'm taking the time in these ideas to go, is this from you or is this just me thinking of a new, fun, creative idea? Or is this where your spirit is leading us? 
you have to, can't just be new for new's sake. It can't just be creative for creative sake. We need to listen to where God is moving and go there. And the last one that we have to watch for, if this is one of your gifts, is sometimes we can hold on so tightly to our ideas. But our gifts are always submitted humbly to the body of Christ. And we're going to talk about all these different functions. Like next week, the prophet, who is the truth teller. If we didn't have the people that would say, okay, how are you going to pay for that, Christy? How, thankfully, I'm married to someone with a bit of a prophet mentality of like, now let's practically, let's see, is this the right thing? Is this for the right time? Sometimes God will give you an idea, and it is for a later time. And you're pushing for it now because it's in the front of your mind. And gifts are always humbly submitted to the body. And so you have to be willing to submit that gift and say, is this, is this the right time? Just like with Grant. He didn't give up, but he also understood I can't, this, I can't do that right now. Maybe there's a time coming. So you have to watch that if that is your gifts. We have to have this functioning at Homestead. Otherwise, the real felt needs of our church and our community never get met. We kind of just get in introspective and we start just functioning as a body. And yet we're not ever thinking of what's new, what's next, where are we going? We have to have spiritual entrepreneurs willing to see the new thing God wants to do in our church. And lastly, for some of you today, God has a vocational life calling on you to start something new, to start something different, to start, you are called, some of you have a heart for overseas missions and you are going to go to a place that no one's ever gone before and you're going to do something nobody has ever done before. God is going to give you a brand new idea. We are part of the Assemblies of God district, um, and what I love about the Assemblies of God is we have 251 Assemblies of God churches in Minnesota, and there are probably 100 different styles of churches. And what I love about our denomination is they are so open to a creative idea. Do you know that in the Assemblies of God, we have a cowboy church? We have a church in northern Minnesota where they ride their horses up to the front. Everybody is in there. They have their, like, banjos, and it's a cowboy church. Awesome. You know who goes to the cowboy church? The cowboys. They, some pastor had this great idea of reaching people in his community. We have a church in Forest Lake whose pastor is a boxer. So guess what's in the middle of their lobby? A boxing ring. And he reaches out to, he rides a Harley and he has his, his guys come in. And I love that our leadership is like, awesome. Be creative. Come up with a great way to reach out. Do something different. And so for some of you, there is an idea of a new way you could reach people, an idea of a new ministry to start. There are people who are going to take new ground for the kingdom. Some of you are going to be home missionaries. You have a heart for something. We have the Seelys with us today. This family right here has a heart to serve the hurting and broken in our community. And after we leave here today, they're going to host a meal out in the lobby for people who have fallen on hard times. They are apostolic, new thinkers. How can we reach the felt needs in our community? And not only did they take on that mantle as a part of just serving, this is a ministry that their family has started and that they are now seeing to fruition. And some of you, God has dropped a people group Maybe it's foster kids. Maybe it is somebody in your school. Maybe it is a special needs. Some, God has dropped in your heart a love for certain people, and he wants you to take the next step in doing something. Some of you, I think, are going to be church planters. You're going to go into a new community and start a new church and start a completely new work. You know, YWAM? Youth for Christ, Chi Alpha, Promise Keepers, Women of Faith, Mercy Ships, World Relief, Convoy of Hope. All of these parachurch ministries were all started by somebody that said, I think there's a need there. Nobody's doing anything about that. 
and I'm going to start something to meet that need. And for some of you today, God has a big dream for you, and I want to encourage you, take the next step in what that is. Maybe it's just praying about it and seeing if it is from him, but maybe for you it's time to really take the next step and talk to some people and figure out a way to make that dream a reality. Apostles initiate new works to bring people to Jesus. We need that function properly in the body of Christ if we are going to grow as a church. So let's just close in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much that you are a God of new things. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit all across time has always been coming and whispering in the hearts of your people. There's a new thing that I want to do in a new place, and I'm going to use you to do it. What a privilege. And so, Lord, I just pray, first of all, for everyone in this place, Lord, what is the next new thing you want to do in us? There are some here that have felt so stuck and felt like they everything is just beige and routine and yet you have a new thing for them, I pray that you would give them the courage to step into that new thing. You are a God of new things. And I pray today that every one of us would step outside of our comfort zone and we'd be willing to step into the next new thing that you have for us. Lord, show us areas in our life where we've gotten stuck, where we're in a place where the grace has far lifted. And I pray that you would help us to step into that new thing. And Lord, I pray for those in this place that have the this especially spiritual gift of apostolic ministry, of seeing a new thing, I pray, Lord, that they would begin to function in that. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray that we would always be attuned to your voice and that we would hear what you are doing next. I pray, Lord, that you would guide us as we move forward. We want, we don't want to just do new for new, but you know what the next thing is for us. And I pray that we would have ears to hear what that is. I pray you would raise up leaders within this church who are willing to see that thing through, to start up that thing, to fill that hole, to plug that new ministry in, to help see us grow and function as a healthy body. And Lord, I pray today for those who are in this place and they are called to be missionaries. They are called to be church planters. They are called to start a new ministry. They are called to a certain people group. I pray, Lord, that today would be the day that that mantle would fall on them and they would accept that assignment. And Lord, we'll look back in 10 years and see the amazing fruit of a ministry that, was, that did not exist 10 years ago. And yet you called someone to a new thing, and they faithfully obeyed you, and lives were forever changed. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Help it to dig into our hearts today and change us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming. We have sign-up sheets out in the lobby. Take a look at them. There's lots of places that you can start to get involved at Homestead. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.